You alright? My name's Paul, got autism, and I make random videos about my version of autism and put them on YouTube. Um, and being older, you know, you've got to throw that in there somewhere as well because my version of autism is not the same as the new versions of autism, you know? So you've got that to deal with as well. If you're wondering why I'm red, it's uh, 28.3 degrees in the room I'm sat in right now. No aircon in this house. Uh, you don't really get aircon in English houses, to be honest. But it's red outside. Um, I wanted to do this video for a couple of days and I'm going to brave it. You know, I'm, I'm going to probably sweat myself thin, hopefully, uh, as I go through it. But yeah, the commitment's there. Uh, what's happened this week? Well, England lost the Euros. Fair enough. You know, one team's got to win, one team's got to lose. Uh, I just can't stand all the other stuff that's around it, you know. There was, um, for those of you who don't know, a lot of English fans broke into the stadium before the match because I want to watch the football too, but I don't want to pay for a ticket. You know, that... Scumbags. Absolute scumbags. People got injured in that. Um, you know, if you're not going to be decent, don't leave the house. You know, keep your trashiness you know, away from normal people. Um, and uh, there was a lot of racial slurs and, you know, racist comments aimed at the players who missed penalties. And I just think, you know, I mean, it's obviously you miss a penalty, you miss a penalty, you get it saved, you get it saved. It is what it is. It's got nothing to do with being black, white, tartan or polka dot. You just, it's football. You know, and, and I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is it's the cowardness of it. The fact that, you know, they hide behind fake profiles and send the racist abuse. You know, it, it's just cowards. Because if they had any stones, if they had any cojones, what they would do, it's like terrorists. They've always got a mask on going, oh, I hate everybody. You know, it's like, well, take your mask off. Let's see who you are. Stop being a coward. It's the same with the online hate as well. Stop hiding behind a computer or at least use your real account so the police can find you, you know, and it's up to the, your employer whether they keep you on or sack you for being a piece of trash. Put your face on billboards in the local area so you've got to feel the shame of, for what you did. It's just pathetic and it doesn't help because no one likes the English anyway. And then when people finally get a little glimpse into England, what do they see? scumbags breaking into stadiums and people racially abusing people. It's insane. But that was the Euros. And England obviously didn't win. Um, and that's kind of good because I did say if they did win the tournament, then I would have to do something pretty stupid. And now I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, what else has happened? Um, I had me one-to-one -one with my new boss. Uh, that I don't know if it went well or it didn't because the sort of feedback that come at the end or the day after or whatever, it had nothing to do with what we talked about. It was more like, oh, do this many things a month. I raised some very valid points, what we're doing with them as well. Um, but to his credit, um, you know, obviously he doesn't know the team. We don't know him. Um, he's got to obviously start somewhere. But what I did let him know was that I've... Um, that I spoke to the doctor the day before because, you know, burnout, you know, just unrelenting workload gone on for too long. And 
I'd had enough, you know, and I spoke to the doctor. The doctor basically nailed it all down saying, look, it's work stress. Um, you need to approach your employers about it. And I was like, well, I'm speaking to me boss, you know, one-on-one -on -one the day after. So we'll, because I don't want to go off with work stress. I want to actually stay working uh, because all my work would be waiting for me when I get back anyway. So there's no point. I'd, just be, I'd be more stressed being off with stress. But we had a, we had, we had, we had a chat um, and I did say to him, look, I don't want to go off, but I do now need my workplace autism assessment which is something by rights that your employer should offer you upon employment to make sure that they've, you know, they're not leaving themselves open for anything bad. They're not putting you in a bad position that you can do the work you said you were going to do. Um, and it's crazy because the company I work for, they're all inclusive. They're all diverse. They're all for equality. And you see it on this thing called workplace, which is like Facebook but for work. Uh, so I don't, I don't have any part to do with that either. Cause I don't mess about on Facebook. Um, but you know, they're all singing, shiny, happy dancing, but then let me, someone with known autism in work, get absolutely buried by his workload. So they didn't put the money where the mouth was. So I've kind of asked them to now and to my new manager's credit, he has fast tracked that. So hopefully this week coming, there'll be an invitation in my inbox where someone's going to meet with me and we'll go through an autism workplace assessment. Um, what else? Oh, I hung someone out to dry in the one-to-one. -one. Wow. <laughs> I must have had all these underlying problems with a particular member of our team. And my God, did I let loose. I didn't mean to, though. I just really went for it. Um, you know, and at the beginning, it was kind of like, yes, there's a member of the team who I would say is not pulling their weight. And by the end of it, I was name dropping like, look, if they're still here at Christmas, I'll shave my beard off. That's how confident I am that they won't be here. Do not back the wrong horse. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the day today, we got an email about a meeting next week and he's very evidently backed the wrong horse. And again, it's not his fault. He doesn't know the team and the wrong horse is a very good talker. I'm not. I just waffle, evidently, because I'm what, nearly seven minutes in and I've not got to my topic yet. So we'll just have to see how work plays out, won't we? Hmm. Let's get to the topic then. So this is another one of more, more of my grown-up chats um, where I want to pick on a particular topic. And the topic I want to pick on is jealousy. And the reason I want to talk about jealousy is because something's happened recently where it's something I'm involved in and someone has been jealous over me and what I've got. Um, and don't I'll break it all down, you know, because I don't want to sound like I'm Mr. Fancy Pants or, ooh, get in with his matching shoes. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to come across like that. I want to, I want to try and set it right. So here's the story. Um, I know someone very, very well who is related to the gentleman in question. And the gentleman in question, I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but the guy in question, uh, he sent a text message and he sent a text message to someone else about me. But then the person he sent it to has shared it. And now I know the contents of this text message. So what I will say straight off the bat is obviously this text message was not meant for me. Otherwise, it would have been sent to me. It was just a message about me to someone else, having a bit of a moan, having a bit of a jealous moment. 
And I now know the contents. So I'm not annoyed at this person. I've got no ill feeling towards this person because he can't say it to my face and keyboard warriors are not worth much. You know, you, it's just like talking to a brick wall when it's a keyboard warrior. You've got to have the stones to, you know, talk to the person you have a problem with because it's the only way you're going to rectify any problems that you've got with them. Two types of people when it comes to that. You know, the ones who've got the maturity to calmly and openly discuss the problems, old school. And then there are the ones who don't want to listen and just go to war, which is new school. And what the, what the contents of the message basically said was that I, me, um, oh, perfect Paul, perfect life, perfect job, perfect house, you know, just kind of having a go at my life. Uh, obviously in a, you know, what's the word? Passive aggressive kind of way. <laughs> but it bothered me. You know, like I say, the person doesn't bother me. The fact that it was a text message sent to somebody else doesn't bother me. I wouldn't punch him in the face if I saw him in the streets. None of that sort of thing at all. It's the fact that someone from the outside looks at my life and is jealous, thinking it comes easy. So I watched a short video from um, Carol over at Mindful Divergence. And I always watch videos and there's always, you know, there's so many parts and stories that Carol shares where I go, I've got a story about that. I know something like that. So I always feel bad for piggybacking on the back of a video. So Carol, I'm sorry for piggybacking again on another video topic, but there was one of the videos in which she did in a short where she basically shared a story uh, or a saying, sorry, not a story. And the saying is, if you want an easy life, you have to put in the hard work. But if you don't put in the hard work, don't expect an easy life. And I've always been obsessed by that, always, because it's common sense to the highest order. And I'm obsessed with stories, points, fables. Like my favorite fable is the story of the uh, frog and the scorpion. And for those of you who don't know it, I'll give you a very revised, simplistic, Mancunian version. So, a scorpion wants to cross the river, and he sees a frog, and he goes, couldn't give us a lift across the river, could you? And the frog, being a bit wary, says, I don't know about that, mate. You're a scorpion. I don't know I can trust you. You might kill me. And the scorpion's like, look, frog, I need to get across the river. I'm not going to kill you. You're the only way I can get across, so come on. Help me out. And the frog, being nice-natured, you know, so a bit sceptical, but agrees. And he swims over. Scorpion climbs on his back. And they start swimming across the river. And as they get halfway across, the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog turns his head, looks at the scorpion and goes, Why did you do that? Now we're both going to die. And the scorpion goes, I can't help it. I'm a scorpion. Obviously, that's a simplified version of it. That's the Mancunian version. But I can't tell you how much I resonate with that story. You know, because who I am at my core is exactly who I am at my core. And I can be as fake as I want. I can be as different as I want. I can try on a thousand different hats and see which one fits. 
but to my core, I'm me. And it goes with the autism mask as well. You know, I can put that on and just live a normal day outside. Everyone thinks it's just a normal day, but for me, it isn't. It's a day of trying. It's a day of fitting in. It's a day of trial and error. It doesn't matter how old you get. It's always there. But on the inside, I'm still that scorpion. I'm still an autistic guy. So to me, that story is absolutely everything of my entire existence. And I'm obsessed with fables. Um, so obviously, sidetracking aside, you know, going back to the hard work gives you, you know, put in the hard work, get the easy life. Don't put in the hard work, don't get the easy life. Common sense. So this guy has had a little bit of a wobble and decided that he's got a problem with me and my existence. Now, let me tell you the history that I've got with this guy. None. He's related to someone I know extremely well. And I know everything about this guy through this person. But this guy doesn't know anything about me. Um, he's never made an effort to know me, and I'm not bothered. It's not like we'd need to cross paths either. It's not a, an essential you know, part of existence. But I've had two interactions with the guy where I've helped him or attempted to, both ridiculously selfless acts because it's nice to be nice and I'm a helper. He had a problem with his finances. So I took the time out in my evenings off the forms he gave and I worked on them on the computer. I found his pitfalls, his problems, his spending habits. I put it all together in a new form and I, met, I drove out. I met with him halfway. So it's not like I made him come to me. We met in this pub. I ran through his finances with him, explained what he needs to cut out, what he needs to change, what he can do to, you know, make things better. And then because I knew that his finances were really bad, I treated him to lunch. And he said thanks and went on his way and implemented none of it. Now, that's his choice. That's fine. You don't want to copy what I do? Fine. The next time is when he went off work with stress. Now, because I work in health and safety and fire, I'm very familiar with stress risk assessments. So I said, well, he, they re he reached out. Would I help him do it? I said, yes. So again, I took time out of my weekends. They're my recharge time. I don't share them with human beings. You know, but I, I took the time to create a stress risk assessment for him to help him because there isn't legislation that's solely on stress that helps you. You've got to pick different parts out of different legislation and try and mold it to your stress. You know, so it's uh, it's not as simplistic and as straightforward because it still has to make sense. You can't just go, Article 2.1 of the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974 says the employer must look after the health, safety, and welfare of their employees. You're not doing that. You know, you can't just hit that marker, you have to be able to make it all fit. So I did help him out with his stress risk assessment. And he said, thanks. That's it. So I've done things for him that I didn't have to, but because I'm a helper, it's nice to be nice. I had, a, I had something he didn't. So I, you know, spread the wealth. But then to then sort of come out the woodwork, when I don't hear from him, like I say, we don't cross paths. To then just say, you know, jabby things, little little barbs, oh, perfect Paul. You know, and like I say, it's not it's not the fact that he did and sent the message because you can send private messages to whoever you want about someone else. They don't mean anything. 
But I think the thing that's really riled me over the jealousy, because that's all it can be, because he doesn't live like I live. He doesn't set his mind the way I do. He doesn't save money how I will. He doesn't manage his finances as I do. He doesn't live where I live. He hasn't got a house like I've got. He doesn't keep it clean like I do. But that's because I make an effort. I put in the hard work because I want the easy life because I need the easy life for this thing up here. And I just find it insane because I, 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 I'm bothered because to an outsider, it might look like my life is great. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And don't get me wrong, my life is very, very good. But why is it very, very good? I'll tell you why. I was overworked, underpaid, underappreciated. I broke my back to help a company out who didn't care about me, but I stayed loyal like an idiot. You know, you've got to learn as you go through life. You never stop learning. Every day is a school day. Until the end, I had enough. And I basically went, well, I've told the story in one of the videos anyway on here, but I wanted to work for five days over four. The boss said no. Told me if I effing wanted to do that, effing go and find somewhere that let me effing do it. And that was a straw that brought the camels back. And I was ready to sink or swim. I got my CV ready. I updated it. I really took the time over it. I threw it online. I applied for jobs. I made sure I was visible to recruiters, contacted people, you know, and put the CV on LinkedIn and opened it on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn went, hey, we've got a job for you. And someone phoned me and said, would you be interested? I did that. No one helped. I needed to get out. I put in the what? The hard work. Yes, I did. And I made sure that I really, you know, tried. Because I, I was ready to sink or swim. When I went to that company, I, was, I, th I thought I'd be found out in the first month. I thought, this guy, you know, this guy's going to be a fraud. He's going to be phony. He's going to be rubbish. He doesn't know what he's doing. Let's kick him out. He's crap. I thought that was going to happen, but I was ready to take that chance. And it turns out I wasn't as bad as I thought. And it turns out I actually have a pretty good work ethic. And it turns out that I actually do care. And it turns out that I don't just do my job because it's a job, you know, like doing a fire risk assessment. If you go around and get bored finding the same things over and over and over again, you've got the wrong mindset. You have to think, yeah, I'm finding the same things over and over again, but why? What's failing? What's happening? Can people still evacuate this building in the worst conditions, you know, and still actually be able to get to a place of ultimate safety? And if you apply that mindset, you don't get bored. But when I got into this company and it turned out it was all right, I worked hard, tirelessly. Again, worked all the hours God sends, doing all the traveling, doing all the overnights, all the stayovers, all the hotels, all the crap meals that you have to eat when you're in these, you know, premier inns, you know, the flash fried and microwave food. You don't eat healthy. You don't eat properly up really early in the morning to travel, traveling really late to get home. But I built a good reputation by putting in this good work for this company. And then that ultimately led to me getting poached to the company I work for now. And what am I doing again? I'm putting in the hard work. I, you know, on top of my day job, I'm trying to retro-engineer this software that was built absolutely wrong. I'm not a computer guy. 
but I'm more of a computer guy than the rest of my team. So I'm on with that. And it turned out it was a hefty task. And I've also taken on this other role of being the troubleshooter nationwide for the software. Neither of those things are my job, but I'm helping. I attend meetings and meet contractors on site to scope work and cost and argue. That's not my job either, but I do it because someone needs me to do it. And I'm a hard worker. And my reputation, thankfully, (laughs) is on the rise in the place where I work. So my pay increments came through the graft, through the hard work, through the dedication, through you know, going the extra mile. And the reason I do that is because that's who I am. I can't help it. You know, it's not for, I don't want to be the boss. I will always get one step beneath the boss and sit there. And that's where I'm very, very happy. I never want to be the boss. I've been the boss. It was horrible. I was surrounded by backstabbers. Didn't like it. Everyone changed the second I got that title. Um, so I put the hard work in. Every single day. That's why I was on the phone to a doctor about going off with stress because I'm burnt out. I have done too much. And you don't get to that stage if you don't put in hard work. And I put the hard work in to pay for the house I'm sat in right now. I live in an all right area. I live in an all right house. And I pay the mortgage on it month after month after month after month. And my house is clean and tidy because the hard work goes in to keep it clean. So you can't sit there in a job you don't enjoy or doesn't pay enough if you're not willing to put in the hard work to spruce your CV up, get on all the job sites, advertise yourself, contact people who are in your field and say, any jobs going? You know, you you can't sit there in your house that's worse than mine, in an area that's worse than where I live, and in, in a house that's messier than mine is and go, my house is a mess. Don't like living around here. My house ain't very big. If you're not willing to do anything about it, you can't moan. You know, have you ever laughed? How did it feel? Have you ever cried? How did that feel? Did one feel great and the other didn't? You know, you, you've got to aim for the laughter. You've got to come away from the tears. You can't, we're not designed to be negative on a long-term basis. It's, that's why depression's there and stress and anxieties. It, none of them are good feelings, and we've got to try and get out of that. You know, and autism is a natural low mood bringer downer <laughs> for making up words. And you've got to spin that plate for your mental health to try and keep your head above water, and you've got to spin that plate to try and stay in a workplace. You've got to spin that plate to try and integrate into society. Spin that plate, spin, 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 spin. There's so much to do. But do you know what I call that? I call that hard work. So when there's someone out there moaning, having a bit of a having a bit of a, a jealous sulk because my life's better than theirs. Don't point and go, your life is better. Hey, perfect life, perfect life. Because when you point, You've got three fingers pointing right back at you. So how many problems you've got with me, you should have by rights. More problems with yourself. Because it's not my fault you fail. Is it? Mm -mm. I wasn't from a privileged background. I wasn't from a two-parent household. I've never had money. 
I've made something out of me. And it's been hard and it stays hard. But I keep going because I know that's what I've got to do to keep the house, to live in this area, to buy a camera to do this, to buy a computer to do the audio. You see my point, don't you? There's just no point in jealousy. And I think I get, I think the thing that bothered me the most is because this person's made a quick judgment, they don't see the hard work that goes in for the easy life. And my life is not easy, but it's about as easy as I can make it because there are things in life you can't control. So try not to worry about them. But the things you can control, then control them. Your work is something you can control. It's very difficult to get out. I know that because I've been in them situations myself. But you've got to try, or at least try. You've got to control what is within your control. The only thing I don't control is my weight, but mental health suffered a bit and whatever. You know, I can still fit through a door. I haven't got doctor now off my 600-pound life giving me a ring going, get to the clinic, whatever impression that was. You know, so that's kind of a bit a bit more of my little life advice that I live by. If I can't control it, I don't worry about it. But if I can control it, you'd better believe I'm taking the bull by the horns and I'm doing what I can about it. It's a shame. It's a damn shame. Um, you know, and when I think of jealousy, I always think of this guy who was in my school and he was jealous of me. And I don't know why. Like I say, I was a single parent household. He had two parents. Um, he had more money than I did, but there was something. I think he just didn't like my attitude because he wanted to be seen as cool, wanted to be seen as important, uh, wanted his, you know, spoke with a little, spoke with a funny accent because he uh, wanted to wanted to appear different, you know, doing all that weird stuff. And I just walked through school and I don't care. And I was just there too. Well, I was there because I had to be there. So he was always, always jealous. And we were friends after school and he just always wanted to see what I had so we could then have a, a measuring stick so we could have better. And he spent, a, and I'm not just saying this for effect, he spent a lot of his life doing things to be better than I am, better than I was, better than what I've got. And what's crazy is once he reached a point where he thought, right, I'm better than him now, he stopped talking to me. And I've never, ever spoken to him since. But what's crazy is, because he was so fixated on himself and he had the blinkers on, he wasn't looking at what I was doing either. And I'm in a position where I could offer him a national contract in the field he works in, and he would be so much richer than I am. And he'd get what he wants. But because of his blindsidedness, you know, his short-sightedness, should I say, he's missed out on that. And I would have got him that as well because, you know, if he could have proven that he was a good worker and he had solid work, well, okay, not a problem because I'd like to help. It's, I'm not here to hinder you. I'm here to help you. I just, I just want people to be healthy, happy, and leave me alone for the most part. Well, this jealousy thing's crazy. I don't, I don't really get it. I get jealous when people are, have a day off when I've got to work. I get jealous when people are eating biscuits and I want, I want some biscuits. <laughs> Um, I don't get jealous over money, status, the size of houses, the car you drive. That's just so, I'm just not interested. The only reason I play the lottery is not to be rich. 
it's to buy the freedom I need because I don't want to work because I'm so bothered about how I have to interact with people. You know, it's not, it's not to buy a bigger house. I could move from here with 20 million pound in the bank and go and live in a flat. But as long as the flat was right, soundproof windows, you know, I've, I've just got to buy myself the freedom for just to finish it off. Cause I've, I've done nothing but put the hard work in forever. And the easy life doesn't stay easy if you don't stay hard working. So just remember to not be judgmental because you've got no idea what that person's doing, how that person's feeling, how it will make that person feel. Because I don't feel too happy knowing there's a person out there making very quick snap judgments over me when they are so incorrect. Perfect Paul, perfect life, perfect house, perfect job. Huh? It's not perfect, but it's good. And the reason it's good is because I put the hard work in. Because you have to. No one gives you nothing in this life for free. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. Anyway, I'm going to go now because the temperature has probably shut up. Well, it's 28.8 now, so I'm probably going to be a... I'll be cooked in an hour. So thanks for watching if you did, and hopefully I made sense. Um, and until next time, keep smiling.